The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans, the holy grail of blue jeans, the pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one-jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com, BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest, a Southern man should never ask a woman weight, height, shoe size to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order and in just a few weeks, your custom-made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now they're proud to offer their classic Indigo Smooth Denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit BlueDelta.com today, BlueDelta.com, and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ready? Ready. Wow, this game is over. The Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. It's more fun than it looks. With Ben Garrett and Bradley Sowles. Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet, live from the Grove, following a thrilling win for Ole Miss football, 52-51 over Arkansas. The latest chapter in what is a bizarre series that continues to get weirder and weirder as the years go on. Hey, buddy, what's up? 
What's up, Ben? Uh, I mean, unreal, dude. I mean, w- w- sitting there in the fourth quarter, um, yeah, I feel like I've seen this movie so many times over the years as an Ole Miss fan, and I'd be dog if we aren't on the other side uh, and get a freaking win. I mean, awesome day. Um, I, th- I think it was a solid win for us, man. Pretty pumped up about it. Nice to be out here in the Grove on a day that was absolutely hot and absolutely perfect. What's it like out there right now? You know what, man? A little early on, I thought I thought it was a little bit of a lull. You know, not a lot of fans there. I will say this, man. Arkansas, they they filled that stadium today. There's a lot of fans there for Arkansas, but um, you know, it's 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 loaded out here now, pretty packed. Um, you know, and, and throughout the day, it kind of picked up for Ole Miss, and and the um, the vibe got really good there later on. How many deep are you? Uh, you know, I feel I feel alright. I, I got pretty hype. I'm not gonna lie. So, okay. I mean, my voice is gone. Um, I'm I'm, I'm pretty hype right now. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Little in the sauce, good. That's where you need to be. I've already started drinking. Um, a lot to cover in this edition of the Blue Dust Jeans post game show. So much happened in that game. Just a remarkable game to follow. Unless you're a defensive coordinator or somebody who enjoys defense, because Ole Miss defensively has got some problems. We're going to cover that. But last season against Arkansas, Matt Corral threw six interceptions including two that returned for touchdowns, and Lane Kiffin stood behind him. He never benched him, even though Corral would go on to say later he should have. Now he's the Heisman front runner, even after Alabama, when he played well despite the final result, and it was because of him that number 17 Ole Miss took down the number 13 ranked Razorbacks in an offensive thriller, again, 52-51 to 51 on Saturday. We have so much to cover in this edition of the Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a field of 247 Sports, where you can find full coverage from Ole Miss's win over Arkansas. But to start things off right now, your immediate reaction after that game was what? Well, you know, starting out early in the game, man, I was like everybody else. I was frustrated. Um, you know, I, I thought that that they were bring, being kind of stubborn on defense. Um, you know, I mean, listen, Arkansas came here. They were going to run the ball. The guy really, I mean, they made some good catches. He's really not a throwing quarterback. And I feel like there wasn't a lot of adjustments early on. But, you know, there, there were some plays, plays that were made. We started playing a little bit better on D. Um, kind of frustrated early on. But then, you know what, man, our, our offense did what they did. What they do, man, they, they, they answered the call all day. Um, they really held us up. You had, you had big plays, man. I mean, one thing we didn't have last year was explosive plays versus Arkansas, and that was the name of the game today. I mean, you look at Braylon Sanders, had a freaking two catches for 100-something yards, which is crazy. Snoop Connor and Parrish, their yards per carry was was crazy. I think Snoop averaged nine yards per carry today, which is which is outstanding with three touchdowns. Um, you know, just, just a big play day, and I, I thought we were really good. Matt Corral was um, was very patient early on and then you know he's kind of kind of waited for spots and then they start pounding that run and start opening up some of the deep balls and um just just it's all all in all man i mean i'll satisfy with it we, we beat a quality team today um and, and i feel like this is a win we need to kind of get us going and get us you know get us into the um you know, the later part of the year we got brad's big thing coming up helmet stickers who won the week and also the mailbag matt corral was 14 for 21 for 287 and two touchdowns in the air rushed 15 times for 94 yards and two more. Entered the day tied for the SEC lead in rushing touchdowns. Now he holds that distinction on his own. Both offenses went over 600 yards, combining for 1,289 in all. It was the first FBS game this season that both teams went over 300 yards rushing. Snoop Connor, your boy, had three touchdowns on 12 carries. His second carry didn't come until late in the second quarter, like three minutes to go in the second quarter, and yet he finished with 110 rushing yards, one shy of Henry Parrish, who had the team lead, with 112, he started in place of Jerrion Ely, and Ely was out due to a concussion. Connor averaged 9.2 yards per carry. Parrish averaged 6.2. Corral 
6.3. The 52 points for Ole Miss are the most it's scored against a ranked opponent in school history. The 51 for Arkansas are the most points the Razorbacks have ever scored in a loss. And with the win, Lane Kiffin moves to 2-3 and three against the AP Top 25. Notably, Jordan Rhodes started for Caleb Warren, who's out for multiple weeks with an ankle injury, the left guard. And that made for two transfers, Rhodes and Orlando Umana, starting on the offensive line, neither of which participated in spring practices. K.J. Jefferson, the former three-star prospect from right up the road in Sardis, he was great. Um, made some throws that were pretty questionable but still resulted in big plays because Ole Miss defensively was so bad. Finished 25 for 35 for 326 and three touchdowns and a meaningless interception on the last second Hail Mary attempt as time expired in the first half. Rushed for 85 yards and three touchdowns on 20 carries. But Corral, he was better. He all but willed Ole Miss to win on his own, overcoming an absolutely abysmal Rebel defense that outside of the first half against Louisville, I think, Brad, um, has shown little or no improvement over previous seasons. And most all of the blame can be laid at the feet of D.J. Durkin because D.J. Durkin inexplicably continues to utilize a 3-2-6, even against rushing teams like Alabama and Arkansas, neither of which made any secret of what they were going to do. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, listen, going into this game, they, they, it was clear they were going to run the ball, and they kept running the ball. And honestly, if they would have ran the ball on that two-point conversion, I, I, know, I think the conversation could be different right now, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. I don't know what the thought process is behind it, but, um, you know, you got your lineup, they have a tight end. Yeah, really, really, I mean, before they're ever even getting touched, they're getting four or five yards and trying to tackle them on top of that's been pretty tough as well. So, um, yeah, not, I'm not sure what the thought process is there. Um, I mean, you, you can talk all day about, hey, you know, we don't have the guys. We, at the end of the day, it's about numbers. There needs to be guys in certain gaps. Um, this guy, he should have been forced to throw, which he did make some throws, but heck, it took a miraculous catches as well so um yeah, and there was not, not no sure pressure on him at all almost Zero. Could get nothing. yeah he was just standing back there and had all day to throw yeah yeah no doubt but but i i, I will tell you this though sometimes in football I, I don't want to be the silver lining guy here but sometimes in football it's about matchups um the last two weeks Ole Miss faced this toughest matchup for their defense that they're going to face all year arkansas alabama two great russian teams i think from here on out other than maybe auburn I don't know that there's teams that run the ball quite as well as those two teams. Um, it, it showed we got exposed there, but I feel like at the end of the day, moving forward, um, you know, we're not going to face the kind of kind of rushing attack for the rest of the year. I'm glad we got those two out of the way early on in the year, and I feel like for the rest of the year we should be able to um, to get back to playing some decent defense. Just just bad matchup for us. Arkansas run the way they run that ball. I mean, it just it is not ideal for 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 what we're trying to do and what we have personnel wise. Joe Tess and Greg McElroy kept referring to this game as the bounce-back bowl for two teams who suffered ugly losses last week. Georgia beat up on Arkansas. Ole Miss got whipped by Alabama. And it feels like the team that came out on top in this game would be in the catbird seat to potentially end up in the Sugar Bowl. And Ole Miss is that team winning 52-51. to 51. Ole Miss entered the day having produced some 22 plays or more of 10-plus yards, the most in FBS they had seven plays of 20-plus yards against Arkansas and scored on four of them. The teams hit 1,000 yards of total offense with over nine minutes remaining in the game, and neither slowed down. After five combined scores in the first half, they had five combined in the third quarter alone, but it all came down to the final seconds when Sam, Pitt when Sam Pittman made the absolute right call, I think, to go for it on fourth down. You do not want to give Matt Crown that offense any more chances. Go for it right then and there. It was the right call, but this is what happened when he did make that call. Arkansas can win it if they convert on the two-point conversion. If they fail, the Rebels win it. They're going to put four receivers in a diamond formation to the left. Jefferson is in the backfield by himself. Two-point conversion. 
Now they're going to flip-flop and move receivers around. Two to the right. They bring back to the backfield Johnson. Jefferson on the snap. There it is. Wants to run to his right. Looking to throw. He's hit. Throws back in the end zone. It's incomplete. No flags. The Rebels win. 52-51. What a football game. So what did you think of the call of Sam Pittman going for the win right there? Um, I mean, I think that he, you know, he was, he was right to do it. Um, you know, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think he goes, um, I don't think he wants to go toe to toe with, with Ole Miss there. And, and the thing and it's, you know, you're on the road, you're trying to get a win. You're coming off a big loss. And, you know, I honestly, I thought that was the right call. As soon as they scored, you know, I told the guys next to me, I said, he's got to go for two here. I mean, you, it is a hot, hot day in Oxford, man. Guys were cramping. Um, you get one play to win a game, take it. I mean, they, they ran all over us. I, I feel like, I, I think if he calls a run there, they potentially get it. You know? I agree. Um, but, yeah. But you know what? He he did he did he did his thing. He he gave his chance the team to win or gave his team a chance to win, and it was absolutely the right call in my opinion. Absolutely. And bottom line is, I do not question him putting the ball in the hands of KJ Jefferson, who accounted for six touchdowns on his own. So hey, man, I, I couldn't be happier for the kid from Sardis. Obviously, Ole Miss made the right choice in picking Matt Corral over KJ Jefferson in that recruiting class. But still, two quarterbacks that battled it out. And today, it felt like for me, before we jump to your big thing, it felt like to me that today was Matt Corral's Heisman Day. If anybody tried to have a different opinion of him after a tough loss against Alabama, he performed well. The rest of the team was garbage, but he performed well. And if anybody tries to ding him for that game, look at this tape. And Matt Corral still is not throwing an interception. He was good enough against Alabama. Lamar Jackson laid an egg against Houston in his Heisman winning season. Johnny Manziel threw three interceptions against LSU in his Heisman winning season. Herschel Walker was held to 20 yards rushing against, I think it was Clemson, when he won the Heisman. Ricky Williams had a sub-50-yard rushing performance. Bo Jackson, too. The great Bo Jackson. The all-world Bo Jackson in his prime. No Heisman campaign for Matt? Come on. This is the time to push for my, uh, Matt Crow and his Heisman campaign, even though Ole Miss is not going to do that, apparently, because Lane Kiffin doesn't want that. If, it, if you have to go by just the film and just the tape, then today I think if you tried to ding him for Alabama, put him right back on course to be the Heisman front runner, in my opinion, because he was everything for Ole Miss. And if you took him away from this team right now, they're not very good in a lot of different areas. But what they do have is the best quarterback in college football. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, think about if Matt Crowell had Alabama's talent or he was on Alabama. Let's be honest, a guy that's doing what he's doing for what we have, not saying we don't have talent, but we certainly don't have with the other guy that they would consider the leading candidate would be. Um, and, and he's putting up good numbers and he's, he's being safe with the ball. He's playing like a, he's really playing like a pro, man, to be honest with you. He's he's not doing too much, um, not forcing letting the game come to him. And then he, then all of a sudden he's exploding and making big plays. I mean, a lot of plays with his legs. Really, I mean, you're right. He's putting the team on his back. And the only other player I've seen do this at Ole Miss is Chad Kelly that year when he was running around, um, you know, making crazy plays with his legs and kind of kind of toting the team. But, yeah, I mean, for, for what Matt Crow has talent-wise, um, which which isn't bad but isn't, isn't top tier, he's putting up crazy numbers in a good conference. And he's certainly deserving. It's the way he's playing the game, which, which, which makes me think he's the best player in, in the nation. Absolutely. Eli Manning did it too in 2003. But what Matt's doing right now, I just can't figure out a comparison that even comes close to what he's doing for this team. Because this team, without him, man, I shudder to think. Let's hear from Lane Kiffin what he had to say following Ole Miss's win over Arkansas. And then we're going to get to Brad's big thing. Here's Lane Kiffin. 52-51. You know, great outcome that we won, you know. um, But also, I doubt like it is, like you guys know, good, bad, and different. You know, there is a process. that you want to play well, and we did not, obviously, in certain areas, had a chance to win the game on offense with four or five minutes left. 
and then obviously on defense. So, you know, they went for two. We stopped them on that. So, we stopped on one play in the second half. So, that's a good thing uh, at the right time. But, um, you know, we got a lot of work to do. Um, obviously, there's some discouraging parts when, you know, 676 yards you give up to an offense that didn't score last week. But, you know, I think when you want a championship program, you don't sit here and say everything is great just because you win a game because one play goes your way. So there are some good things. thought we played good first-half defense. Um, the quarterback, you know, our theme was put everything you have into each play. He did that. He led by example because the guy put everything into – every time he had the ball in his hands, almost rushed for – 100 yards against a hard run defense. You know, when you get hit by them, it, it hurts. You know, it's not a finesse defense. Second best pass defense coming in in the country. And, you know, the guy almost had almost 400 yards total. So, made some plays uh, outside, um, you know, which is what eventually when you keep running the ball happens, that you got to make plays out there. So, I wouldn't have guessed this score – um, but it is what it is. We won and we got a lot of work to do, but it's a lot better than having a lot of work to do and not winning and being on the other side with the last play going the other way. So hats off to them too. You know, their quarter quarterback played really physical, um, kept plays alive, um, you know, and their good receiver, you know, they chucked it up to him and he went over it, over us and got it a couple times. So good win. Um, go back and, and get better and get healthy too. You know, we played without three offensive starters, you know, and tailback the left guard and the receiver were all out. And Springer was still out, who is obviously a key to our defense in the scheme that we play. So, questions? In case it doesn't feel like it, we did win. Lane, uh, how big do you think it was for Matt to, considering how he played against Arkansas last year, how big do you think it was for him to, you know, kind of step up and play against them the way that he did this time around? And did you guys have any conversations this week to kind of talk about what he could improve on from the time that y'all met up last year at all? You know, this wasn't about <clears throat> this week getting ready to play this defense. You know, this was 12 months. So, you know, when you get embarrassed like we did a year ago, um, at least me, you know, offensively, we're going to try everything we can to figure out how to how to beat you. So that was 12 months of different unusual run game planning, you know, double moves on the safeties versus certain splits and all this stuff that um, I think that's why you probably saw so much excitement in myself and him, you know, during the game because things were hitting that were schematical things that we had worked on and some of it was stuff that had never been run before against them that we just took an off season to say all right, you know, what if we did these things, you know, and studied what hurt Iowa State, you know, also in the Big 12 because similar defense. So, and that's where some of those runs that you saw, that's not in the passing game, that's those runs that you saw hitting, you know, with Snoop um, with different blocking schemes. And the backs did good, and you went from 12 months ago, a seven turnover game and a fumbled snap on the fourth and one, so basically eight turnovers to none. And – I'm sure, you know, some people weren't happy when we didn't make the fourth down, but we made the other four. So um, it's part of it. So 
I think that fourth down that ended up being a touchdown that was about a fourth and four was big because we had already been stopped on the fourth down. And so it was kind of like, better make this one. So um, good job by the players picking that up and then turning it into seven points. Lane, what do you say to the defense after they give up that touchdown right before the two-point conversion? And just from your vantage point, what, what goes through your head? What do you see during a play like that that's do or die? Well, I think as you guys know, even in the post-game interview there on the field, you're going to get how it is. You're not going to get coach speak. So you can sit here and say rose to the occasion and all that. Well, they went right down the field. And, you know, we got to make plays in those situations, um, you know, against a younger quarterback like that. And, you know, it was almost like everything just kept happening. You know, we get a tackle, it's a horse collar. We stop the play, there's one second left. You know, and then the guy kind of stops his route and then sneaks to the back of the end zone there and scores with one second left, you know. Good play by him, you know, um, after the initial part of the route was covered and good play by the quarterback. So I'm usually a positive guy, but it was like, what else could go wrong? And then I see the flag. You know, we stop him on the two-point. Keith's running out there. I grab him, try to bring him back so he doesn't get us a penalty. <laughs> Keith was ahead of me. He'd already knew it was lineman downfield. So, um, you know, it'll probably be one of those things that you almost you're so close to losing. And I felt like what was going to happen is it wasn't going to go down to two points. So at least we were going to be in control offensively and felt like we still had some plays, you know, we could win in overtime. So then when it went to two point with no time left, then you're like, we got no control offensively. Like this is out of our hands. So it got a little scary there. Lane Snoop had uh, some huge touchdown runs in the second half, kind of unleashed himself on that defense. Just your impressions of uh, what you saw from him this afternoon. Great job, as he's done um, whenever he gets his opportunities. Um, you know, my assistant Megan has a sign already up Snoop because she's been saying for two weeks we don't play him enough. And so when I walked in, the sign was already up on my door. Um, Snoop, so she's happy. But <clears throat> I think as you look at this, you know, what's unique versus a very tough defense that's very physical, um, you've got six yards total of lost rushing, you know, on 80, 30, 45, 47 rush attempts. So, you know, that you got to do that because you got to get the third and fourth downs close against them. Otherwise, you're going to deal and drop eight all today, all day. So, you got to be efficient like that. <clears throat> on the uh, on the last offensive drive, in a situation like that, how do you balance having 67 or so seconds left with just trying to score any opportunity you get? Well, you're talking about after the long catch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we slow down in short yardage and goal line, have you seen what happens? Like the fourth and one. So if we can't go fast, it gets a lot harder because they get to line up cleats in the grass, they blitz everybody. So it's why you see us go fast when a big play and usually it walks in like that. So you can't risk that, um, you know, and it wasn't like it was going to a three point game, it's going to a seven. So you would sure like to think with 51 seconds, you know, we could stop them. You know, just some strange stats in the game, eight for it. They go eight for eight in the red zone. We go three for three and we win. So unusual, we'll take it. You said last week you thought the, the run-stopping issues weren't exactly schematic just now after two straight games where teams ran well against you. Just kind of what is your feeling about the run defense? 
Well, <clears throat> that kind of says that there's a schematical issue because they do the same thing and there was 674 yards rushing in the game. So, you know, both teams did a good job running the ball. Both quarterbacks ran the ball well. You know, to add on to that, both quarterbacks almost had, looks like, 100 yards rushing each. Um, you know, so – and we need to get better, play better, and, you know, having Springer back is the key. That's the key guy like their number one is, you know, on their defense. Um, Lane, you mentioned how you guys ran the ball well, but between Henry and Matt and Snoop, they combined for 315 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, pretty dominant outing there. What impressed you the most about the approach offensively in the run game today? Well, I think the assistant coaches did a really good job. Like I said, this was a 12-month you know, figure it out. Because they're going to stay and give you some issues in the passing game, you know, and they're hard to run between the tackles. You know, they got – and they're better this year than a year ago because they got three transfer defensive linemen, you know, that they got that start for them. So, um, I just thought the coaches did a really good job of unusual runs that attacked the four eyes where they play them, um, you know, and, and gave them some run fit issues and went and blocked that number one who – comes down all the time with the slot at times. So, and the players executed it well. The, the last one you mentioned, um, you know, you guys have to play better and defensively giving up a little over 50. What's kind of like the biggest thing that stuck out to you on the sideline that you think you guys need to improve on uh, defensively moving forward? Well, they're going to throw the ball to Burks, you know, especially once they go down by seven, you know, and it was frustrating because we would work our way down there and then they would just throw a jump ball to him, you know, two times in a row, two plays in a row. So, you know, our play at corner um, was not good in the run game um, or the pass game. So we've got to play better outside there. and We've got some older players out there that need to play better. Just out of curiosity, would you have gone for two in that situation, the same one too? I know you like the analytics. Just what, what do you think about that situation? Yeah, so as you guys know, we go through all that and constantly it's moving through the game. And so before you're, you know, you're at home, you're a slight favorite. So analytics will tell you to kick and more plays you're supposed to be better. That's analytics. You're underdog. You go for two like maybe what they were thinking, especially in a high scoring game. We had used our two point play. We have others, but we had used the one we liked the most. Um, so I had actually said about halfway through the fourth, we're just going to kick and get into overtime and, you know, let the quarterback keep finding a way to score. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network.
It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Three, one, three, one, two, three. Let's go. Brad's Big Thing. All right, Brad, you heard there from Lane Kiffin. What's your one big thing from Ole Miss's 52-51 to 51 win over Arkansas? Well, I, I thought that Lane Kiffin and, and, and Jeff Levy put together a great game plan today. Man, I said it earlier in the week, we have to run the ball. It was evident early on Lane was um, Lane was going to run that ball today. I mean, he wasn't about to sit back there and, and do like he did last year, make the same mistake twice and come out trying to sling it on him. And when he started really running that ball, um, getting, getting a lot of big plays, Matt Crowell on the ground, the running backs on the ground, um, you know, it really opened up the passing game. It was it was a correct great game plan. Um, I just I think that was the thing that, that that really helped us win this game. You look at our stats when it comes to running. I mean, awesome day on the ground. Um, put up big numbers. And, and you know, you say all you want about our defense, which is which is terrible as well. Um, but you look at their defense. They gave up three hundred something yards rushing as well. So um, they're not the only ones in that boat. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the big thing from today. I thought the reason we won that game is because because we were able to run the ball and and we didn't we didn't try to force any passes early on and. That was, that was the kicker. Ole Miss has gained 600 or more yards seven times in 15 games under Lane Kiffin. Before Kiffin, Ole Miss had 16 such games in the program's 1,209 games. Coming into today, Ole Miss had one play of 50 yards or greater this year. They tallied three such plays, including what turned out to be the game winner to Braylon Sanders. Offensively, you knew that as the game went on, Brad. Whoever had the ball last was probably going to win. And yet, Arkansas ended up with the ball last because Ole Miss, you thought they were going to try to milk some clock, leave no time left. Maybe Caden Costa, who hit a 50-yarder, was going to get another opportunity. Ole Miss just ran its offense and a bomb to Braylon Sanders. And then you have to ask your defense to get a stop. And it was funny because at the end of the game, Lane Kiffin said they didn't really stop Arkansas on that two-point conversion. Arkansas just failed because for him – Quote, it was the worst possible defensive performance. Um, what did he say? Worst defense physically possible so we could keep the fans to the last play. And a crowd, great crowd it was, 60,256. It's the biggest crowd since 2018 when 62,919 fans saw Ole Miss host top-ranked Alabama. But those final minutes, what did you think of, first, the offensive strategy to just run their offense, not try to milk clock, and then defensively trying to slow down K.J. Jefferson? It was more of the same, but what did you see out there as you're watching it? Yeah, I, th- I think Ole Miss lined up. They ran the ball the first play, and was you know, it, it, anytime you're getting positive yards on that first play, which you know, hats off to to Snoop and and Henry Parrish, man, they they ran their tails off today. They got got a good positive play, and 
you know, the, the next play or, or two and the, the, you get a guy wide open, you got to take it there. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't want to say we should have did it. They had three timeouts. Typically, if, if you know, we, you had to play like that, you would ask Braylon Sanders to get down, you know, on the goal line. It's called church mode, whatever. But, you know, on that last drive, man, you get a wide open play like that. I mean, it was blown coverage, so you couldn't help it. You have to take the touchdown there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the plan was to, was to try to run a little time off, you know, but, but, but the big play came early on that drive and you have to take it and, and hope, hope the defense does well. Luckily our defense held up there. There wasn't as much time left as, um, you know, as, as there could have been. So, and, and, and even though, listen, that, that last play of the, of that drive too, for Arkansas, man, that it's a broken play. Clock, it was a broken play. Oper- yeah. operator, oh, come yeah. on, man. Like, <laughs> come on, man. It's a home game. There should not have been one second left. It's hard no. to run a two play, two plays in six seconds, a hard, a hard thing in football. So come on clock operator. You got to do better than that. He's on the hot seat. Whoever he is, you're on the hot seat. <laughs> you can't leave a second <laughs> no. there, but I was talking about the broken play, the Arkansas touchdown that resulted in the game tying touchdown. It was a broken play, but defensively it was unfortunate that it played out like it did because Ole Miss up front just does not have the horses. I think that's what leads to the frustration from a 3-2-6 standpoint. If they had the horses, they would run them out there and give it a shot. But the fact that K.J. Jefferson, even on a broken play to tie the game, could stand back there and just survey the defense, and you're having to cover for, what, four, five, six seconds, that's just not a recipe that you can expect Ole Miss to have any kind of defensive success against. It's just not going to work. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I still listen, and, and I'm not I'm not a paid defense coordinator. I mean, I don't think I'm a defensive genius, but at the end of the day, man, um, would certainly like to like to see us go after the quarterback, get a little pressure on him, um, you know, really make that make that kid throw. Because here's the thing: we're sitting back in a three down defense, and um, you know, you're not going to stop the run in that, but you, typically you should be to stop the pass. Well, hell, you can't stop the pass either. So at least take your shot against the run. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not really, you know, the, the whole, the whole idea behind that defense is to, you know, keep everything in front of you, you know, but, but we're still not stopping the pass either. You might as well start taking some chances by going after the, um, you know, after the quarterback, I thought we should have pressured the crap out of him at the end. Um, and, and we didn't do it for whatever reason, but like I said, Arkansas, Alabama, the toughest matchups for that defense all year. Um, I feel like from here, you know, other than maybe Auburn, we should be to stop some guys. Um, we should, should, it shouldn't be quite as crazy as those. Those are some good running backs we played the last few weeks, good O-lines. Um, I feel good going forward. I think we got the, the, the worst two matchups on our schedule out of the way for our defense. Even still, even still, defensively, it's not suppo- supposed to look that easy. And it's looked that easy in years before for Ole Miss defensively. And we thought they turned a corner. But really, when you think about it, the first half against Louisville, that's the most – um, consistent or solid performance we've seen from them. Every other instance has been a lot of this, and that's what's discouraging. But Otis Reese finished with 11 total tackles, which led the team. Keydron Smith starting for Jake Springer, again out with an injury, had 10 tackles. He came in averaging six tackles per game, five solos, one tackle for loss, one interception, but it was on the Hail Mary at the um, end of halftime there in the last second. Didn't really mean anything at all. A.J. Finley, 10 tackles, two solos. Trey Washington, the freshman, Nine tackles, five solos. Mark Robinson, nine tackles. Chance Campbell, nine tackles, three solos, one sack, one tackle for loss, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. And even though it didn't result in points for Ole Miss because they went three and out after the fumble recovery, it mattered in the moment because Ole Miss was getting gashed. It was 14 to 14, and Chance Campbell comes up with a big play. Sanders spins, keeps his legs, and look at this. Ball came out at the end. Ole Miss pounces on it. Chance Campbell, the linebacker who transferred in from Maryland, comes up with the fumble recovery. What a great defense. 
decent play for the Rams. That moment right there, I think, was underappreciated for how important it was because Arkansas was doing whatever it wanted to do up until that point. So just to make that play, even though it resulted in nothing, it did do one thing, provided Ole Miss a little bit of confidence and belief that they can get a stop against an offense that was just running it down their throat. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, Chance Campbell, I called early on in one of the shows. He's gonna. There's going to be some plays this year where – where turnovers are going to happen, he's going to be the guy on the spot and, and, and called it right there. I mean, that's that, that's just, that's because he plays so hard. You know, he's not a perfect player, but he plays really hard and it gives himself a chance. And um, you know, it's it's been really nice to watch the kid play. But yeah, that was definitely a big play there. Um, you know, got got the momentum, it got the crowd kind of into it there for a minute, man. It started yeah, it started out feeling like a lull and maybe a potential ass beating coming for us, but you yeah. know, whatever we, we we got some momentum going back. We got up twenty one to fourteen and then it, then it just felt like it was gonna be one of those trade and blows matchups. So you know, man, at the end of the day, you got a W. It doesn't matter what you, you know, how much you win by. This was huge for us to get this win and get out of here. So it's a lot better after a win. And um, I, that's just a tough matchup for us. We all knew it. Um, you know, we don't match up well versus that team, whereas some others do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, we knew that was gonna be a tough matchup and glad to get out there with the win. Traylon Burks has has seven games with 100 plus yards receiving. He went for 136 on seven receptions and a touchdown. Here's the problem: they didn't want to pass. 40 of the first 57 plays were run plays, and they were just absolutely gashing Ole Miss. Ole Miss came in 82nd in FBS in rushing yards allowed per game, just over 151 per game. They knew what Alabama was going to do, and they still rolled out with the 3-2-6. But if you drop eight and still get beat, why not send more pressure? Let's talk about this defense here. If you're not going to bring pressure, if you're just going to drop back and only rush three, it's effectively playing a prevent-like defense all game and just hoping that you can make it tough on them to score without really trying to prevent them from scoring, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, here's here's the thing. It's it's not that the, the three down is that bad. It's just that the, if you think of what they're running on offense, when you got a tight end in there and you got three down linemen and you got a team running the option versus you, there's the, the, the pitch man can't even get to the – that's why there's no one there for the pitch man. You have a safety – usually whenever they run the option, you got a, a guy taking the – quarterback one guy taking the running back well you know if, if you're short on the end of the line and you have a guy line up over the um you have a five technique whatever head up guy on the um you know on the whatever the, the tackle the tight end's getting free range up to that backer so there's just no way to take the end man there so you know just, just different things that um you know football is a numbers game it's always going to be that way there's different gaps um it's tough to fill gaps with the safety coming down from 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 way way behind so um, yeah, I mean, say what you want. I know people, people, are, you know, some people defend it, some people don't. But listen, you got to have guys in the gaps. You know, it doesn't matter if the talent doesn't matter. But you get a guy to take up a blocker to free up a guy behind him is, is really the name of that game there. So, and, and that, listen, he wasn't going to throw. He really wasn't going to throw on us. You know, no. if they were going to, if they were going to win their one on ones, cool. But if, but if you put a lot of pressure on that guy and get in his face, he he's not going to be to make an accurate throw. I mean, he, he missed a, a couple touchdown throws. He did. You know, just by just by overthrowing guys. So. Um, I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, the, the, they're married to it. They love it. But it's, um, man, it, it, it just, it's hard to even judge our guys' talent because they're, they're, they're just getting mashed by multiple guys. I mean, it's, it, it's an impossible job to, to, to beat, you know, to beat three down and then to expect to get any kind of pressure, any kind of push. And, you know, they're having tight ends, wings. I mean, they're, they're, just, they're just way, over, way, way outnumbered. It's, it's impossible to stop anybody in the backfield. And Trey Burks did what he does. He won one-on-ones, back-to-back 37-yarders. It was effectively the exact same play against DeAndre Prince and resulted in a touchdown. That's going to happen, okay? That's going to happen. Good players yes. make good plays. But scheme-wise, look, Lane Kiffin, he mentioned it. It was a scheme issue. He said in his post-game press conference, it's a scheme issue here. And it all goes back to the three, two, six, and how you can effectively stop offenses. 
running that, especially running offenses, because you had all week to come up with a game plan after Alabama steamrolled you on the ground and Brian Robinson rushed for 170 yards and four touchdowns. You had you knew that Arkansas was going to come with the same kind of thing. You had a full week to prepare for this, and yet you still rolled out with the exact same defense and didn't really make any type of meaningful adjustment to slow them down. It was the same result. Same result. And the third and long conversions are a problem too. Okay, if you're going to drop eight, the least you can do is stopped them on third and long, and yet they had two I, that I recall off the top of my head, third and long conversions, third and 11, I think a third and 16, because Durkin never pressured in the first half and barely at all for the entire game. Jefferson had all day to throw. And again, 40 run plays in their first 57, 253 uh, yards rushing, two touchdowns, a long of 42, 6.3 yards per carry. Of note, Arkansas had the all-time worst run-blocking performance in pro football focus history in this blowout loss to Georgia. You knew what they were going to try to do, and yet, what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, and almost just kept running the same thing over and over against a team that said, we're going to line up and run against you and see if you can do anything or adjust in any way to stop us, and almost never did that. Yeah, that's the frustrating part is that, um, you know, they're, they're just gouging you for five, six yards, and you just keep running the same thing, same thing over and over again. And then, then the only adjustment was bringing down Tashim Johnson on the line as an end man, but... I mean, dude, he's 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 a small guy. It's it's you know he's gonna get blown out of there. So great player, um, but yeah. he's a true freshman. Yeah. He's a little undersized. Uh, by the way, that, that kid reminds me of Jamarcus Sanford. I'm calling it now. He's gonna be a really good player. He's, he's that, actually yeah. really physical and all over the place. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's it's not not good for the numbers, and we just really weren't adjusting um, very well. And listen, I, I just think we should have pressured the guy. It, it, we would go a game, which uh, Dirk is not a pressure guy. Apparently, I've been calling it for two years. But heat the guy up. He cannot. Throw, he can't set his feet and throw. But he can sit back there and cook steaks and throw. You know when he has all day. <laughs> yeah. So heat him up. Make him move his feet. He, he was overthrowing it with, by standing. He was sitting there standing still. You know missing throws. Heat him up. I, I, I want. I want to see him get heated up. You know if they're going to beat us one on one down the field anyways, or they were going to still get it on third. And make him make, make him make the decision quick and then let's tackle the throw. You know so. I, I still I still think he he would have been missing all over the place. But yeah, I mean we're not the defense coordinator. We can hope that that we don't face anybody that with this kind of line, these kind of running backs again. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't think it's going to change the things we're going to have to deal with. And um, we are a smidge better than last year. So, so hopefully we can get over the top, get over the hump like we did today in the multiple more games. But the one time Ole Miss did heat him up, it wasn't a design blitz call. It was a delayed blitz from Chance Campbell, a decision he made on his own because he was Correct. the spy on K.J. Jefferson, and it worked. K.J. pressure and is torn down. And it's Chance ago was banged up and now he's doing the banging bringing down kj jefferson and this is just a great job the offensive line you're going to see these guys work a little to the right which frees up campbell and he does a great job of triggering on the green dog to drop the quarterback for a loss i'd like to see more of it you know especially on those third downs um we're not stopping the passing ways let's come on let's bring some up the middle let's bring some heat um, let's make him make a throw. I, I think I think we would have had a little more success there. Let's hand out some helmet stickers. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. Helmet stickers. We hand out six every single week, three apiece. Your first helmet sticker goes to who? Snoop Connor. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, no, that's my guy. Yeah. Listen, man, Snoop Connor still didn't touch the ball as much as, as he could have, but he's a home run threat every single time. He runs hard. The more the more he's in there, man, the, the better I feel. Um, you know, he was he was a spark plug for us today. 
you know, give give the guy the ball. Not not sure why he's not been getting it, but it, but I was glad to see him and Henry Parrish. Henry, Henry Parrish had some good runs as well. Um, I'm giving a Snoop one. You can give Parrish one as well. Honestly, I mean they have the exact same stats stats, but three touchdowns, two home run touchdowns. Listen, as an O lineman, you talk about home run runs that means something to an O line man. Getting getting long touchdown runs are hard as hell to do. You don't see them often, but two in one day, solid day. Snoop Connor in the backfield. There's the snap. Handoff to Snoop. He's got the first down on the right side. Oh, he may go. He may go right down the middle of the field. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Ole Miss busted it right up the middle. And Snoop houses that one. Here's the interesting thing. Before he got his second carry, eight carries for Henry Parrish, eight carries for Matt Corral, and Kentrell Bullock came in for his very own drive and got more touches or attempts or looks his way than Snoop had gotten to that point. But once it became... We got to go win the game. Who was in the game? So it just brings into question again, what is going on with the usage of Snoop Connor? I just don't understand it. Yeah, there's something there, man. I, I, I think we'll get to the bottom of it someday. It's almost like the, um, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's almost like the, you know, the whole Malcolm Butler thing where he didn't play in the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm like that point with, with it now. Like what, what happened? Like what's going on? Like what's the deal? Let, let us just hear the story. It's, you know, it, it's unreal why he doesn't, why he doesn't play more. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's what they do. But. You know, it's, it just it just makes you look even worse when he comes in and hits home runs, you know, on, on the one day where he gets over 10 carries, which he still only touched it 11 times. Um, I, I would like to know how many touchdowns Snoop Connor touchdown the carry ratio. That, that's what we should add up. It's, it's got to be astronomical, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, I feel like the kid gets minimal carries and probably leads the team in rushing touchdowns. So um, that's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mystery to me. You gave two out. Henry Parrish is Snoop Connor, but Snoop Connor gets the biggest one of all of them. Matt Crowell obviously gets a helmet sticker. You just got to give him credit here, man. I think it was a Heisman day for him, and he made so many big plays, kept answering Arkansas, even in those times where it felt like Arkansas was not only taking all the momentum, but it looked like they were about to stick their foot on the throat of Ole Miss and take over the game and make it a route, and Matt Corral kept coming back over and over and over. That showed me what kind of competitor he was and how bad he wants it. He wants this, and he's got it right up in a drumming. Don Terrio drumming. He is the program. He's the face. He's the energy guy. I mean, everything, every moniker that could possibly be cast upon him, he is those things. He deserves a helmet sticker every single week, but especially today because of how good he was. Yeah, absolutely. He always he, he always gets one, man. I mean, he's a general. He's the he's he's turned into one of the best quarterbacks to ever play here, uh, if not the best. Um, he's just he's just fun to watch, man. Braylon Sanders gets my second helmet sticker. He only had two catches, but 127 in a touchdown, including the game winner. Braylon Sanders has been talked up for so long. He's been here for so long at Ole Miss, and now he's getting his time to shine with Jonathan Mingo on the shelf, Ontario Drummond drawing so much coverage his way. Braylon Sanders is stepping up and showing why, when healthy, he's one of the better wide receivers in the SEC. just a little bit away from him but he tracks it the whole way and Connor what do you do for an encore that. Snoop Connor third touchdown in this second half big day for him it was nice to see him get loose there um, make some big plays 
certainly turned into to, um, to a heck of a receiver for us and putting up good numbers. Drum, Drummond as well, man. I mean, Drum, Drummond had a big day. You look at his stats, uh, made some big catches. It was, it, was it was the day for big plays, man. I mean, there was some explosive plays. You talk about explosive plays. Usually you have a goal up there. Hey, I want to get X amount of explosive plays in a day. Certainly more than more than you can imagine as as a team and as a goal. Um, a lot of explosive plays out there. So so that those two guys definitely definitely big days. Henry Parrish and Snoop Connor and Dontario Drummond for Bradley Sal. I've got Braylon Sanders, Matt Corral. Duh. I can't let the defense go over. It's hard to pick out one guy. I'm going to pick out Miles Battle. He got burned a couple of times, but he also made some plays on the ball and he got pressed into duty and ended up not with like startling numbers or anything like that. Three tackles, one solo tackle, but he broke up two passes to lead the team. And he's showing that he does offer something for you as far as a coverage cornerback because of his length. And it did help out late in game, especially when they're trying to force the ball down the field and Miles went out there and made some plays. Man, he, I'm going to tell you right now, he was close to making one of the sickest plays I've ever seen. When he batted that ball up, Watching it on the replay, he was really close to making that interception in the end zone. Big play, but that that's that's where Link comes into play as a DB man. I mean, he didn't have to he didn't have to jump, do anything, just stick that big long arm up there, and knocked it up, and he came so close, hit his fingertips to actually knocking that, tipping it, and making the interception, which would have been a game changing play. But yeah, nice to see him in there getting a little bit of success. All right, who won the week? We're going three, one, two, three, let's go. Who won the week? Who won the week, Brad? I'm, I'm going to say Chance Campbell, man. Listen, we've talked about it all year, man. He's not it, – it's not like he's some all-American hero, but, man, he is always Johnny on the spot, um, tries really hard. You know, he has some limitations as well, but, man, I mean, it makes a big turnover there. I feel like his, his play, that turnover there, although we didn't score, it kind of got the crowd into it and kind of got us like, okay, let's go, because they were about to go up 21 to 14 right there. And he gets the turnover. We get the ball back. You know, it just kind of, it kind of, it kind of flipped the flipped the attitude in the stadium, and, they, and then from there we rocked, man. I, I'm, I'm giving, I'm saying Chance Campbell won the day. As bad as Ole Miss played defensively, the one guy, despite his limitations, that is going 110 miles an hour every single play is Chance Campbell. He's trying to make something happen. 100, man. He and there will be a play. I'm calling it right now. There's going to be a, a, a big moment this year where. He makes a pick or makes some kind of play that, that actually wins us a game because of his effort. And it's always coaching sports. And, and the guy, listen, it doesn't matter if you're messing up, you know, whatever, always be the guy that's hustling, hustling to the ball. So for whatever reason, good things happen to those guys. I am shocked that Snoop Connor wasn't your pick for who won the week because Snoop Connor had a day, the 51 yarder, the 34 yarder. Look, Jerry Ely is a great player, going to be an NFL player. But you see what happens when Snoop gets some run. And it goes back to something you've been talking about for so long. As far as pure running backs, he's the best one on the roster. And you're starting to see it all over Ole Miss message boards and Twitter, wherever you get your Ole Miss information. You're starting to see everyone else come to light, come to the light a little bit as far as what is up with Snoop Connor being buried on the depth chart and being the last guy to get opportunities. Whenever he does come in, he takes advantage of them. And he's always falling forward and going downhill. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Early on last year, I kind of got blasted a little bit when I kept calling for it and, you know, just trying to say just from a pure run standpoint. Uh, man, one thing about Snoop, he really has good vision. He has very good vision as a running back, and when it's there, he takes it, and he takes it fast. And that versus teams like Arkansas, Alabama's the big, good, good defenses that, I mean, for an O-line, it's just tough to hang on to those guys very long. But when you have a guy that runs, I call it running with conviction. He runs with conviction, and when he when it's there, look out. You're not stopping him. He's he's gonna get. He's, he may hit a home run on you. So, um, yeah. I mean, I just I love the way he runs. He fits the scheme. He sees it well. And when it's there, 
um, dude, it's I mean, it's impressive. Six seventy six net total yards for Arkansas. Six eleven for Ole Miss. Three fifty rushing yards net for Arkansas. Three twenty four for Ole Miss. Rushing attempts fifty eight for Arkansas. Forty nine for Ole Miss. Rushing touchdowns four for Arkansas. Five for Ole Miss. This game was absolutely wild. But some stats that stuck out to me: red zone attempts eight for eight was Arkansas. Ole Miss was three for three. Red zone points fifty one for Arkansas. Twenty for Ole Miss. Four for three in red zone touchdowns. Um, rush and pass four and three, three to nothing for Ole Miss. And what really stuck out too is Ole Miss got back to what it we're used to seeing as far as fourth downs. Four for five on fourth down. They came in, I think they were ranked 23rd in FBS in fourth down conversions, 73%. A lot of that had to do with the lack of success against Alabama. Lane Kiffin did it again. He went for it on fourth down deep in his own territory, tied the game. The defense did get a stop. What did you think of that decision to go for it I was okay with it this time, much more so than last time, even though I thought it was the correct call last time, because I just felt like Ole Miss defensively had no shot of slowing Arkansas down. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that listen, he had to go for it. You know, he preached analytics all week, so now you're in a spot where you, ha- you have no choice. you got to go for it there. So um, that, that, that way you know you're not just talking out the side of your mouth. So, yeah, I think that was um, – that was his thing um, that he, he told everybody last week that's what he's going to do, and, you know, you got to live with it. Um, you got to do it when you say you're going to do it. So um, I thought I thought it was good. I mean, it was, it was the right decision probably there. Um, I don't think definitely don't think we were going to stop Arkansas. But, no. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he did it, and um, that's just that's just it. it is what it is. That's what he's going to do, so people need to get, get ready for it. But in a game short of defensive stops, to hold them to a field goal, that was a big win for that Ole Miss defense. Oh, absolutely, man. You, you thought for sure they were going to score there, but um, de- definitely definitely big by them. Arkansas 7 for 13 on third downs, almost was 5 for 14. What a wild game, man. Before we jump to the mailbag, just your final thoughts after that one. After now that you've had some time to think on it, marinate on it, Ole Miss comes out with that win, but what do you think about Ole Miss now moving forward? Do you still think of Ole Miss maybe as the number three team in the SEC? Any warts that scare you? Anything in particular that just jumps out after you saw that game and had some time to think about it? Yeah, I, th- I think we're the number three team in the SEC still after that. I mean, if, if you look at every other team, I feel like Arkansas, you know, we're probably pretty similar to Arkansas. Maybe if we go up to play them at their place, we, we, we maybe don't get them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think going forward, you know, we got we got tough tests out of the way um, with Arkansas and Alabama. Um, I still I still think we're, we're a little ways away from Alabama, but certainly the number three team. We'll have a chance. We should be favored here, here going down the stretch in pretty much all the games. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've got everything in front of us. And at the end of the day, man, we won an SEC game at home. It doesn't matter what it looked like. You know, I mean, you could talk about our defense sucked all day, but so did theirs. Their defense gave up 52 points and 300 some yards rushing, 600 yards. So um, it's just just the nature of the beast there. But hey, whenever you leave with the win, it, it counts just the same as if we'd have won 50 to 20. So um, four and one, a lot, a lot to look forward to here. I, I think we'll have a chance to to get hot here and, and have a really good record going going down the stretch. All right, let's answer your questions. Well Ooh, ooh, the, the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Going now to the Ole Miss Spirit message board to answer your questions. I know i got a bunch of questions on Twitter. David and I are going to do a mailbag either on Monday or Tuesday and answer all of those questions. We don't have enough time to answer 60 questions. I didn't expect that many. So we're just going to do the Ole Miss Spirit message board, starting out with Matt Smith. Was this game Matt's Heisman moment? Um, I mean, it, it certainly looked good for him coming out after you know after Alabama game, which I thought he was fine in that one. He just didn't have a whole lot of horses with him down there to help him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he just he showed what he showed all year. There's no interceptions. He's controlling the ball. 
He is he's the he's the MVP. He's the best player. He is to me a Heisman Trophy should be someone that is make that is make their team something that's that's really good. Even I mean if if he wasn't on the team, we're, we're not as good as we are, and that's that's what defines a Heisman Trophy winner. Whereas Alabama, you can look at all you want. Next year's quarterback will probably be you know similar stats, similar whatever. But yeah, man, I think he's I think today was was just just icing on the cake, and he's gonna he's listen he's about to put up some good numbers the next couple of weeks as well. So um, yeah, man, I mean he's he's the best player in the nation, best quarterback in the nation by far. Theo Reb, do we ever blitz? Not, not a whole lot, man. They're, they're really not a lot in there. Um, you know, we, we may bring a dog, which is when you bring a back or something like that, but, but not, not really a whole lot with the, with the safeties and, and, and DBs. Matt Smith, Brad, what are your thoughts on this new guy running back Snoop Connor? You think he'll be good? Yeah, man. <laughs> you know how I feel about Snoop. Been calling him, calling it for a while. Um, they, you know, good, good player. He, it's, it just, it just shows, man. He goes out there and he, he could have a terrible attitude. Um, you know, not really getting carries even all, even early in this game, whenever, you know, we're down a running back. Um, but you know, when he gets a shot, you can tell, you can tell there's something there, man. Cause every time he scores, he's lit, you know, he's, he's super pumped about, it. I, I know when players are, are playing with a chip or, or playing a little bit unhappy and, um, that's, there's certain, there's certainly something there. don't know what it is, but, um, but when he gets his shots, man, he makes it known that, that he's a baller and should be in there. Reb, a man 51 tackling was not good in defense with three down linemen cannot stop an sec team. So why do it? I don't know, man. I, I, I'm as lost as everybody else. You know, people screaming in the stands, whatever. You know, it, it's, it's the same. I just, I don't know. I, I look at football from a different standpoint, I guess. Um, you know, I think of everything, playing it fundamentally, um, you know, the correct way. You know, I, I like matching up numbers. You know, I like matching up gaps, you know, guys and gaps, guys numbers. And we're just, I mean, we're so out outnumbered with three down linemen when they're, when they're having tight ends and wings. Um, you know, it's just there's not enough guys to take these gaps. They're just getting crushed. Um, you know, would not want to be a D lineman. On, on this D line, that that's a fact, man. They, they ha, they're taking on some crazy blocks. If you notice, you know a couple of our D line are cramping and stuff. I mean, it's just just a tough gig, um, going down the stretch. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's tough, tough. W Zimmer twenty five. Is it time to move on from Durkin against running teams? Why don't we switch up the defense from the three two six? I don't know. I mean, it, that, that's that's a lot to be said on that. It's um, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens after the season if if we continue down this path of of astronomical numbers. Ole Miss Hunter 970. When do we question Wilson Love and the strength and conditioning? Lots of guys down today. I know some were questionable, most were not. Um, I think he's done a tremendous job. I'm going to answer that one. Ole Miss looks different, plays different, has a different um, strength and, and physicality to it. A lot of that injury stuff, them going down, was gamesmanship. And if you actually watched it and followed along, yeah, Quentin Bivens a couple of times, he just went down to slow down Arkansas. So I don't think Wilson Love questioning him is in any way the way to go here. Yeah, no, I, I want to touch on that as well. So, listen, it, when it comes to strength and conditioning, um, you know, you, uh, strength coaches they, they are what they are, man. But at the end of the day, it's it's up to it's up to the player himself to to push himself. And you know, some guys are weight room guys, some guys aren't. But yeah, I mean, you, you're as good as you want to be as, as a lifter and as a player. Um, you know, the, the strength coach certainly plays a role, but it, a lot of that's up to the player, man. Yachtnap County Reb. Can we get an updated season record prediction from you and Brad post game? I'm still saying nine and three. You? I got us. I got us at nine and three or ten and two. Um, I, it's just, it's just going to be a matter if we lose one on the road in a bad environment. You know, you, you look like a next week. We've had two tough weeks. We go up to Tennessee. Games like that make me a little nervous. You know, uh, you, you may you may drop one of those just and you're not supposed to. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I got us. I got us right there at that nine and three range. Today, today was the kicker to me. Today was the difference in seven and five, eight and four, and nine and three, ten and two. So somewhere in there, I, I got us. I, I say nine and three would be a comfortable, comfortable prediction. 
Ole Miss Murph, on a scale of zero to absolutely, how much did you know Braylon scored too quickly and screamed for him to slow down? I screamed it immediately. I'm like, man, just fall down, milk the clock, kick the field goal. I was doing it. I was saying, come on, no, 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 don't give them the ball back. I, I typically would say that, but they had three timeouts left. So, so the rule of thumb, we always go, like I said earlier, we have something called church mode where if there's no timeouts or only two timeouts there or maybe one, you get down. You run to the center of the field, you go to about the five-yard line, you just get down. I think uh, you know it's, it's went on for years, but – when they have three timeouts, you have to take the score there because if you go get down, you're right. Yeah, you know, they can. Yeah, you could you kick the field goal and there's still gonna be a minute left. Situation, Brandon Sanders was correct, but tra- traditionally you'd want to do uh, you'd want to get down there. You score the touchdown in that game, considering the time and the timeouts remaining, you, you absolutely score. Rebel Rabble, when was the last time a coin flip game went Ole Miss's way? Kentucky last year. The missed extra point <laughs> last year. Also, is my wife going to leave me because of my commentary throughout this one? You won't be the only one because I think a lot of commentary went about that way. Fan of Rebs, <laughs> yeah. how did Rhodes and Melton look in their first extended SEC action for us? Um, you know, I'll have to watch the tape and see that they certainly weren't glaring weaknesses. Um, I thought Melton had a couple good blocks in there. I thought Rhodes was a huge dude. I don't realize he was that big of a guy. Um, I can definitely see why he was in there at guard. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to watch a little closer this week, and then, then maybe we can touch on it later on in the week. Ole Miss Grove, was the plan to run more? Did the Hogs' defense dictate what we did? Um, well, first off, they ran the same defense they ran last year, and, and I think that Kiffin was not going to go into this game and, and try to force Matt Crowell into a bunch of throws. And, and kind of what Georgia did, man. I mean, just line up, run it. You, you live and die by the run there. I think that was the plan going in. Um, but both teams, I mean, both teams absolutely um, absolutely ran the ball, and I think that was the plan going in. And that, that run really opened up the pass game for Matt, man. D-Hawk Reb, what the hell is Durkin doing? Oh, I don't know. We've touched on it multiple times. I, I don't. Um, I, I wish I knew defense, you know, a lot better to, to to try to put my finger on what he's thinking every week when he's game planning. But um, to me, I just, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I I like going after quarterbacks. I like I like picking something to stop. Um, I feel like you know we're we're trying to stop the pass every time, and um, I mean we're not even doing that. So um, let let's get creative. Let's start sending sending some buzz all people, and, and we're gonna give a big play anyways. Let's um. You know, let's, let's at least try to hit that quarterback and get after him a little bit. RG 1979, Monty Kiffin for defensive coordinator. Um, I love Monty, but as a Dallas Cowboys fan, you don't want that. Be mad 11. Are there any other defensive packages to try? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think, you know, I, I think it's all it all has to do with numbers and matchups, man. If you know if the team's coming here to run the ball like that. You know, you can certainly they doesn't have to be your base defense, but but adding a hey, listen, we got a bigger package where we have you know maybe maybe four or five down or whatever, and maybe have some more backers in there, something like that. I mean, I just I think there's situations. You know, I know he runs a base three, two, whatever, but um, I feel like there's games where he could situationally switch it up, and um, we, for whatever reason we don't do it. And you know, they they line up on first down, run for six, seven yards, do it again, and then just roll right back out there in that three down. Um, it just it, it it almost looks stubborn at this point. Wahoo, Reb. What is the signal for Bivens to cramp up? <laughs> I don't know, man, but um, it, it certainly looked a little, certainly looked a little sketchy there on uh, um, watching it. That's the way you got to do it, man. It's gamesmanship. It's strategy. I'm all for it. Gonzalez, when are we going to move on from Durkin? Man, they're really going hard on Durkin mm-hmm. today. I, I mean, that's going to be up to Kiffin and staff, but, um, you know, it just – I don't know, man. I mean, it's we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Um, you know the defense certainly plays hard. They try hard. They are they are getting a little active, making it making a few more you know turnovers than, than usual last year. But I think let's give it let's give us a couple of weeks, man. We just faced two of the toughest toughest matchups we're going to have. 
I think there will be a chance for us to play a little better here coming down the stretch. I'm, I'm going to call it now. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to pick it up on D. Skelly Kilreb, would you have made the same call that Sam Pittman did, go for two to win on the road, the opposing defense not having stopped your last two drives? Yeah, absolutely, man. You have to there. It's hot, hot day. I'm telling you, it was it was pretty hot out there. Um, you know, a lot of cramping up going on. You're on the road. You know, let, let the, you know they're trying they're trying to win an SEC game here on the road, and you know they you, you get one play to win the game, you'll take it because honestly, that game's probably going into multiple overtimes, and it's coming down to a two point conversion anyways. I think that was the right call. Ox Rebel, how much is Jimmy and Joe's, and how much is coaching on defense? Um, you, get, you get a combination of both there. I mean, we, we're certainly we're certainly not anywhere elite when it comes to the D line. It's going to be a couple more recruiting cycles there, but I do I still feel like there there is some some stuff you can do a little better there with the X's and O's as well, man. They, these guys not only are they not quite as talented as a lot of their SEC teams, they're being they're being asked to take on two guys um, a lot of the times on, on the down line, which which makes it which makes it tough. We do have time to go to Twitter real quick. So J-H-E-S at J-5 Heslin. When did Cedric Melton come into the game and why did I not notice it until he got the illegal man downfield penalty? That wasn't his fault. That was an RPO, man, but he came in late. And I think it was in the fourth quarter, but that wasn't his fault. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit of it's, it's a tough situation to be in. When that, that's the only problem with RPOs. Um, a lot of times that tackle when you're uncovered like that, you know, you're not supposed to run that quite that far, but sometimes it's just you get, you get your feet get going and you're not used to just stopping in a game you know, and kind of pit on your feet and you end up, you look up and you're like, dang, I went five yards there. So I, I've had it happen to me before. A lot of guys have had it happen. It's, it's a tough thing, but yeah, I think, I think he was rotating in and out of there. Um, definitely, definitely looked okay at times. I, I can't wait to watch. I'm gonna try to watch it a little closer this week and see, see how they perform. But um, the Rhodes has a huge body in there. So many DJ Durkin questions, all the same. So let's just wrap it up with this. Austin Brown, my buddy, Austin Brown at Brown underscore Austin, some quick hitters. So answer them quickly. Why doesn't Snoop start? Um, not sure. Not sure, man. I mean, he's the best running back on our on our team. Um, runs, he, he is he is the only true true running back we have, man. I mean, he runs the ball really well. Um, I just don't know. At, at some point, I'm going to ask. You know, whenever I get a chance, I'm going to try to figure out get to the bottom of this. But um, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, you even look at. I mean, Bullock was even getting in there, you know, before him earlier in the game, which is, um, I mean, not that's, that's just comical at this point. If you're going to insist on a three-man front on all downs, why not use D-back speed for more exotic looks slash pressures? Yeah, that's see, that's that's another question of mine too. So, so you're right. I think I think some, we could slant slant the line, bring a little more speed off the edge, just do some do some things with that D. Um, you know, not only did we line up in three down, we sit in there like ducks. We call that sitting there like a duck. I mean, it, it, that makes it super easy for the O line to hit combinations. Um, get up to the next level. I mean, they, they just they don't even really twist or stunt, do anything like that. They just literally sit there and, and like a duck. So, um, you know, it, it's it's pretty easy to run to run all your technique and and and, um, and pound that pound sitting ducks is what we used to call it. How many wins without corral? Man, I, I don't think I don't, I don't <laughs> think we'd, I don't think we'd be a very good team. I, I think we. I think we'd be okay, just depending on what we had behind them. But it's certainly Crowell is is easily makes us four wins better. Can Durkin survive into 2023? I don't know, man. You look at Lane on the sideline; he looks pretty pretty frustrated. So I don't know. I don't know what the relationship's like. Um, but I mean, certainly, I will say this: um, it, it's going to take a couple more recruiting cycles too, as well. But um, this year, it's starting to show a little bit of deficient in the in the X and O's. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg. When does Keith talk to the clock operator? Yeah, I said it earlier, man. Come on, clock operator. We're the home team. Things should have hit zero. Even Lane was making some, you know, some gestures at it. Let, let's go, man. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. Is this the best Ole Miss team in the modern era? Man, how quickly people forget 
Uh, man, it, this team is gritty. It's got it's got a lot of you got a lot of t- got some good talent on it. It's going to be a good good record, good thing. Don't think it's the best, but um, but they're certainly fun to watch. I, I think I think we're we're definitely we're definitely coached a, a lot better than we were. I, I I would love to see Lane Kiffin and Levy with Chad Kelly and some of those guys. It may have been a natty. At OLMstead Inc. At the end, neither defense could stop the other offense. Is our offense really that good, or was their defense not as good as advertised? How did we win that game? Um, yeah, I think our offense is very good, but I don't think their defense is all that great either. The, the last two weeks, man, they've given up on average 40-something points. Um, they're, they're not bad, but they're, I mean, I think our offense is, is solid. And I think their defense is just okay. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Ole Miss wins 52-51 to over Arkansas to move to 4-1 and on the year. This has been the Blue Delta Jeans postgame show. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Talk of Champions can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omisspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, where you can get all full postgame coverage of Ole Miss's win over Arkansas. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you next week. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.